There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. So close to finally winning our first game in 10, but for the second time this week, we find out that injury time really does mean pain. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening to you, welcome to Charlton Live, coming to you live uh, on your Sunday evening from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendez, we've got a packed studio here as we get ready to look back at Friday evening's desperately devastating two-all home draw uh, with Hull City. So close to getting that three points, but a 90-minute plus six equaliser that just squirmed in between Dylan and the post uh, denied us in the end. So help me discuss that game on my right-hand side in these... uh, Borussia Dortmund hoodie is uh, Tom Wallin. How are you doing? Tom, have you switched sides now? Have you had enough? Not quite. Not quite. But uh, earlier in the season, I was wearing a lot of Brazil and Real Madrid and we were doing quite well. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a go again. Yeah, well, See what happens. Works. Yeah. Terry Smith as well here in the studio. Looking forward to playing your commentary again. <laughs> oh, shush. <laughs> uh, I wish I brought my sunglasses in sat next day to Tom. Yeah, that is a bright, bright, that is a bright yeah. yellow hoodie. Yeah. Just trying to bring some... Some joy. Some joy to the As world. As always, Tom. Yeah. Yep. yeah, well, that's what you do naturally. You can't help yourself. Um, you. Right, on tonight's show, then, we will look back at the uh, 2-2 draw 
with Hull City. We're going to hear the highlights uh, in a few moments' time. We're also going to hear uh, our post-match interview with uh, Lee Bayer. The Addicts boss came to speak to Terry after the game. We're also going to discuss, uh, obviously, the takeover still ongoing. The uh, EFL uh, owner and director's test still going through for ESI. Um, obviously, Bayer was asked about this on Friday night, and there was some confusion because he, he said when he met with Matt Southall the night before, uh, that some positive things and some strange things came out of that. Um, so obviously everyone started panicking. So I spoke to Bayer after the game and I asked him to try and clarify what he meant. So I've got a clip of that just so you can hear it uh, for yourselves and, and you can make of that what you will. Hopefully may, may put put you at rest or put you at ease. Uh, so we're going to hear that. We're going to discuss about all those uh, things as well. If you want to get involved with tonight's show, let's talk about the uh, performance, the game, the takeover, anything you want to say, uh, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, where there is a thread for this evening's show. Make sure you contact us and have your say on tonight's Charlton Live. And uh, towards the end of the show, uh, we've got a really special interview uh, this evening. I spoke to Grant Jeffries earlier on uh, during the day, the father, of course, of Jack Jeffries, uh, the young Charlton fan who so sadly passed away uh, in, in, in the summer 2018. Um, they now run the Jack Jeffries Superhero Trust. Uh, they run a box here at the Valley that give uh, families in similar situations to what they were in um, the chance to come and have a relaxing day at the Valley. And uh, I spoke to, to Grant to find out a bit more about that, uh, how fans can donate as well to keep that going, to keep uh, Jack's legacy going as well. So we'll hear that towards the end of the show. Um, and, and I really hope that you guys will do- donate to that as well. So, um, Tom, 95-plus six now it turns out I mean that was that was right up there I mean I, I've always I've always said to myself you know now now I have to find myself in in doing interviews after the game I don't let myself get too wound up but I proved myself wrong on the Friday night because I was in here effing and jeffing to anyone who would listen because I was so disappointed that we couldn't hang on for three points that after a much improved performance. Yeah, and I don't think you were the only one. Um, we'll obviously hear from Boya later, and he wasn't quite effing and jeffing, but I don't think he was far away. Um, and for me, obviously we got a point, um, so we have to try and remember that. But for me, it was far more disappointing and annoying and anger-filled leaving the game than I was on Tuesday night, because I think I said it on Thursday's show. On Tuesday, from about an hour in, I kind of assumed we were going to lose Tuesday's game and it okay it took a long time for them to score that goal but it was just a horrible evening and it always felt like we were going to lose and then Friday night I didn't think that at all and you could hear the difference in the atmosphere and the crowd everyone was singing and cheering and and enjoying the game Um, not only because we were winning towards the the end of the game but also because I thought our performance was a lot better thought Hull offered very very little Um, and it just felt like finally we were going to turn that run around and to get picked off so cruelly with such a, a poor goal to concede and so late on, I was just, like you, I was just completely, completely broken at yeah. the end of the game. I mean, obviously we'll go into the detail of, of, of the goal itself and the goals throughout the game, Terry, after we hear the highlights. But, I mean, just describe your feelings at full time when we, <laughs> we, we were that close to a win that, you know, we, we know the situation we're in in terms of injuries um, and, and we know how long we've gone without a win and to have it snatched away from us so late on I mean, it would have been a huge boost if we could have held on to that three points, and then it just felt like it felt like a defeat when you were oh, leaving no the question. valley. Yeah, it definitely felt like a defeat. No question about that. But, uh, I don't know. I, I suppose I'm slightly more uh, now. I'm slightly more phys- philosophical. Back, you know, immediately afterwards. I mean, on the back of the you know the, the, the Tuesday's ninety third minute uh, defeat, it just you know how many kick in the guts can you take? Um, you know, for it to happen once in a while. Um, so you know, the boots on the other foot, and we do it to Sunderland. 
for, uh, in 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 the final. So we're really paying ha- back for that, aren't we? Yeah, for, for it to happen once, you know, once in a blue moon, and it's painful then. But twice in a row, and, and what? No, if you add Millwall into the equation, and a few of the others, City, and Bristol yeah. City. I mean, it, why it can't keep happening? Surely, mm. yeah. and it's just so many times, and you think, you know, it. I don't know what it sounds, it's going to sound like, and I'm not looking forward to it. But it just it, it almost became impossible to comment on. Yeah. Almost. That explained the big silence we're going to hear uh, in a minute. Just, yeah, <laughs> it just, there, it, there was almost no words that, yeah. that could describe There was exactly no words yeah. for quite now, a, a period uh, of time. Well, it, there were just because there wasn't, you know, you <laughs> just, just couldn't quite believe it. It was, you know. it was a And Tom absolute, was right, you know, it was, mm. came at a time. It was almost like when the second half started, we we, um, we were on the back foot. They changed it around a bit, um, uh, Hull, and, and we were on the back foot for a good 10, 15 minutes. We thought, well, this is going to be a tough half. But we turned that around. We we saw that out. We turned it around. We looked like we looked like the, the much better team for the second half of that second half. No question about it. And thought we'd ridden it out, and we didn't look threatened uh, for the remainder of that second half. I thought there was not. It was Tom was right about uh, on the Tuesday night. It looked like we were sitting deep and going to be in trouble. I didn't feel like that on on um, was it Friday? No, <laughs> Friday. Uh, I didn't feel like that on Friday. I didn't feel that they were going that they were threatening that much. And just so for it to concede like that was just ah. Uh, as you, what did you say? Devastatingly um, painful, uh, whatever it was, whatever the words were. Whatever, just, whatever the words were, uh, I'm sure when we hear it back again, now we'll we'll come up with some new words uh, <laughs> to, to describe it. Let's have a listen to the Valley Pass uh, commentary highlights. The commentators, of course, uh, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Whole start attacking, trying to hit Charlton on a break. Perrington with a fantastic tackle to win the ball back for Charlton. He's come away with it as well. Finds Gallagher to his left. Further left is Leco. Perrington continues on into the box. As does Gallagher. Leco finds Gallagher by the touchline. Drags it back on, it's avoided everybody. Albin Morgan comes in! Oh, oh it's defended away. Macaulay Bond will retrieve it. Well read by Lockyer, and Lockyer can run away with the ball for Charlton. He's got plenty of time here. Lockyer as well, lovely ball to Leco Inside the penalty area. Leco, ball back, that's it, and the player was diving on the floor. And he got for a corner. It's not intentional, but he stopped the ball coming across, surely. He definitely hit a hand. The question will be whether it's by his side as he... Slid down and no it question be about it. Side, not, not possible for his hand to be by his side. He would have been on the floor dragging backwards. Now it, it's unintentional, but surely that stopped a potential it cross and been, shot. Would have been Gallagher on the end of it. Chant will complain about it. No question about it hitting the hands. So one of those again you'd like to see again if you watch it on TV. Let us know. Greg Stubby Free at Killer's Beard. It's Connor Gallagher prepares to take the corner. Chips it towards the far post. Prattley with the header. It's yes, yes. Come on! Darren Prattley! Proclaim it! Gallagher swing it to the far post. And there's that man, Darren Prattley, to head it past the goalkeeper. I think Burke tried to clear it off the line but couldn't. A Charlton have the lead. Great jump from Darren Prattley. The ball this time picked him out on the far side of the six-yard box. Rose majestically and headed it past for a second that Hull might have cleared it off the line but it just succeeded in slamming it into the roof of the net whoever was on the line and Charlton deserved that been the better side for me and especially when you've had the uh, what looked a really good shout for a penalty waved away just reward that's a good challenge from Lopez when it comes to Matthews oh, all ball. Ball. ricochets down to Morgan with a shot oh, lovely Great little effort. finesse effort from Morgan Trying to just guide it towards the far post. It just curved harmlessly wide in the end, but the idea was spot on from Alvin Morgan. Effort. A couple of uh, misplaced passes leading up to that. He's actually disappointed, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, but uh, superb effort from 
over the bar. But there is the half-time whistle as Cholton, a much-improved Cholton, go into the break with a one-goal advantage. Lopez on the ball for Hull, switches across to the left-hand side, Nelda, who controls. Leco comes back to retrieve, finds Eves at the edge of the penalty area, goes backwards to Irving. That's a lovely first-time ball to Krasicki. Crossing opportunities, deflection all to the far post. Bowen will touch it in. No offside flag. Cholton let the ball come to the far post, and Jared Bowen scores yet again for Hull. It looked like that so the defenders were just the defence was just think, expecting that ball to go off for a goal kick. Nobody went for it. Whether they were too scared to get a poor touch that might take it in the goal themselves. It's almost like they frozen still as the ball went across the six-yard box, and Bowen just appeared from behind them. And an easy finish that uh, couldn't miss. Look for immediate turn, and again, Cholna caught potentially on a counter attack with Grisicki. It's got Elder on the overlap. Grisicki still with it, takes it past Lockie into the box. It comes to Bowen, a little back heel will be collected by Nabi Sowes. Can stride forward for Cholna now, brings it out. Lovely ball to the right hand side to Morgan, and Cholna got a potential counter attack. Morgan down the line to Lecco, it's a little bit ahead of him, but Lecco will be able to keep this in, and he can take on to Vries. Approaching the penalty area, Lecco in the penalty area. Lecco, ball across, goal! Nabi He picked it up in his own penalty area. He could have just cleared it away and relieved the pressure, but he took the ball on out of his box, spotted Albie Morgan away to the right-hand side with a lovely ball, kept his run going. Albie Morgan sent Lecco forward, told him to run, told him not to his feet, made him pursue that ball down the right-hand side. He got it, took his man on, drilled the ball across, and there was Nabi Saru, who kept his run going to finish and as with uh, Bowen's finish all he had to eventually do was tap it in but it was all about the groundwork superb footballing goal. to the edge of the champ penalty area Matthews trying to defend it ball out to Krasicki chip ball back across it'll drop to Bowen what Great a save. save by Dylan Phillips down to his left hand side the ball was going in the left hand corner of the net until Charlton's number one turned it around in his corner. Yeah, too much space though from Charlton because they were so deep. Bowen. Comes to the 90th minute, four plus, maybe five, I reckon. There's a couple of injuries. I mean, I mean not five. simply, not five minutes of added time here. I mean, it's not simply just because he's coming back from injury. And that's about right, that five. I can't complain too much. Four or five would have been about right. It's going to be a free kick. The time's up, so we're not going to have five too long after this free kick so Charlton have to defend it here Bowen's all on his own in the penalty area but it's gone beyond him Pierce will header it away but it'll drop to Grisicki edge of the penalty area Taylor goes out chip ball back across Parrington's got to make it he doesn't oh it's gone in no I don't believe it again copy of goals we've conceded already Perrington had to attack the ball he didn't that allowed the header to come in and it squirmed past Dylan Phillips's outstretched arm and he came off the post hit Dylan Phillips and went back in the goal and once again in the dying seconds we've been dealt a body blow <laughs> it's not been deserved either makes it even more painful 
just to oh my lord just a long free kick into the box oh and there is the final whistle they didn't deserve that Charlton they did not deserve that absolutely horrible ending to the game and you can hear the distress in the voice of Terry and Greg at the end they just didn't know what to say and then to to make it even worse the second we kicked off the final whistle blows there's no time to react there's nothing you can do to change it and you sat there, Terry, with with your head in your hands. I was basically my head was on my arms. Uh, just I just headbutted. <laughs> my arms hadn't have been there. I'd headbutted the table. I just, <laughs> uh, you know, I said I was feeling philosophical. I'm not yeah, now. No, nah, <laughs> it was <laughs> gone backwards again. I mean, you, we could feel so close to those three points, Tom. We could we could reach out and touch them. Early Christmas present coming up. You know exactly the result we needed after the performance. That was a clear improvement from what we saw on uh, on Tuesday. Scoring two goals as well, which feel, it feels like forever since we've done that. Doesn't isn't it? Even though it was only the, the, the Cardiff game. But I, I just couldn't see Hull getting back into that. I mean, Dylan made a great save, that volley, um, didn't he, from Jared Bowen. He kept that out with about 15 minutes left. And then you just think, right, you're just going to got to defend this free kick in the fifth into the sixth minute of added time. And you could see that the panic or the determination, I don't know what the right word is, but when that when they all went to the same ball and all of a sudden there's a deep ball over to the far side and, and it feels like there's what a man over. I mean, Perrington's there and he, he probably should have done better, but it just felt light on that far side. It reminded me, as soon as I saw that cross coming over, I thought Bauer at Wembley. I thought, oh, yeah, he's got a chance here at that far post. He heads it down. Dylan looks like he's dealt with it and somehow, I still can't work out how, it's just squirmed off him onto the post, onto his face. He still clawed it out, but into the side of the net and in, in the goal. Um, I mean, that was the the freakiest of freaky finishes to just absolutely ruin my weekend. Mm. And not, not just the result that we needed, but the result I thought we deserved based on that performance. As I said earlier, I thought we played so much better um, on Friday, especially off the back of that Tuesday result. Um, and after the... I think Terry said it started that second half. We we were a bit under the under the cosh. Obviously, fell behind a couple of minutes in. If that got ourselves back level, uh, sorry, back ahead through through Sar. And from then on, I thought we looked largely in control of that game. I wouldn't say we created a huge amount, but the onus wasn't on us to do that. But we kept possession well. We moved the ball well. We didn't really look like a team that had lost four in a row. We didn't look like a team that was panicking. Um, as I say, going into those final stages, I don't know where the five minutes came from in the first place, but when you go into that, the the crowd sounded fine. The players didn't look too nervous, like we said about them kind of backing off on Tuesday night. They looked okay. And then even when that free kick gets called, you know, usually you think, oh God, what's going to happen here? But even then I didn't really. I was like, oh, that's annoying, but Dills will come out and claim it or he'll overhit it or something will happen. I was I was just still confident, which made that final sucker punch just that much harder to take the thing about the extra time and what annoyed Bowyer so much was that um, the fourth official had said four minutes it's likely to be four minutes of added time and then Lyle Taylor went down he got and now he didn't get a free kick for that by the way mm. it's, it's, it's still baffling but um, that's why they added the extra minute for Lyle Taylor going down so it was it was four then it got increased to five when they took the free kick it was bang on five minutes added time so where did the extra minute come from 
because you can't waste a minute in a, in a, in a minute. You just, you just can't, can you? But there was a yellow card for Jonathan Lecker, wasn't there for for, for that free kick? Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I guess so I guess the gives you time to take it. Yeah, he's always going to let you take it. And then Bowyer's argument is that Pierce once we've once we've headed it away, yeah. surely that's time up. But was uh, Riziki or whatever his name was kept yeah. it alive and. And he whipped in that cross. I mean, obviously, uh, people are going to look at maybe look at deals a little bit, but they're certainly going to look at Ben Purrington uh, for for that lack of header. And and, and it, as, as you said in the commentary, so similar to what we've seen recently, like Nabi, with Nabi, Nabi Sarr and Millwall. Yeah, yeah and, and that's what that that's part of the, of the pain there. We just it feels like we haven't learned from that. And I can't understand why they why they suddenly freeze in that situation. Why don't they just rise and head it clear? Because of the situation we're in. <laughs> simple as that. And 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 the time it the time it seems to happen is probably at a time when. You know they're probably out on their feet because uh, some of these players. I mean, Perrington, I don't think was supposed to start yesterday, was it? Um, no, he was, he Doherty, was due to be yeah. ill. He was due to be on the bench. Due to be on the bench. Doherty Ill. was supposed to be in, in so, um, and I think it's just symptomatic of uh, of the squad being stretched to to the bare minimum. Mm. Um, the game, I mean, the performance overall, Tom, you have to say, much much improved. Mm. Um, lack of being able to see the game out is the problem at the moment. Uh, two two weeks in a row. What do you put that down to? Do you think it's tiredness, nerves, sitting back a little bit? I mean, it's clear that we're playing for it at the back of the moment because we haven't got enough numbers in midfield to play a different formation. So I think if we had different different personnel available, I don't think we'd be playing the same formation that we have in the last couple of games. So it's just a case of sitting men behind the ball, try and grind it out, and and that perhaps where it, I don't know if that if say that that particular formation has cost us but certainly the fact that we've been we've been pushed back a little bit late on has obviously forced some nerves yeah I think every late goal I think seems slightly different Millwall I just put it down to Naby Sarr you know losing concentration not not defending properly as as we know he can Huddersfield I think it was just a, a all-round poor performance um, and it just felt like that goal was coming and, and definitely we were sitting too deep that night Friday I don't, as I say, I don't really know. The performance was much more improved, as you say. I thought the link up in that midfield with Morgan and Gallagher there was was so much better. Um, we spoke on Thursday about the fact that the last few games, the real issue for us has been that link between midfield and and the forwards, and we had that. I thought on Friday night, so we looked a little bit more in control. Um, I just wonder if because we don't really have an outlet at the end of that game, because Taylor's obviously still coming back from injury. I think, was it Bon or Lecco? Lecco was still on, wasn't he, I think, towards the end. Um, but you try and find him and take it into the corner. These players are knackered because of how much football they've played. So we end up forcing the ball back towards ourselves, which is obviously what happened. And, and Lecco it was that gave away that foul. Again, purely down to tiredness, I, I suspect. But I haven't seen the free kick back. But when... We obviously were in the in the north stand, but when the ball first got fired in, I expected Dills to come out and claim it. Um, but I, as I say, from the angle, it's obviously difficult to tell just how close it was. But then when the ball comes back in, I think the blame has to lie with Perrington because that header does get right down into the corner. Um, but again, w- what can you put that down to? It's the same as as you both just said, the Saar one at Millwall. Why why is he not jumping? Why is he heading it? And Bo said it himself after the game as well. It's it's very, very strange, but I suspect if we were on a three-game winning run and that exact same free kick comes in, then Perrington heads it away, no problem. It's just where we find ourselves at the moment, unfortunately, and the longer that goes on, the harder it seems to be to just get a win. Mm, yeah, maybe I do yeah, I do wonder if he, in the back of his mind, is thinking, oh, God, if I jump into him, I'm going to give away a yeah, penalty. He's, yeah. just, he's, he's just so Because obviously we've so given cautious. a couple away and he gave one of those away recently yeah. as well. So. Uh, uh, so frustrating. I mean, we have to look at the performance as a whole was... Clearly, much better than, than than the game against Huddersfield during the week. Um, well, plus Middlesbrough, the, the, the game before that, by yeah. the way. So yeah, it, it was in, a double whammy. Improvements. Uh, well, but, uh, about incrementally, yeah. it, was, well, it, was, it was light years yeah, ahead. It was between Middlesbrough and Huddersfield. Then Huddersfield was 
was a, a it was a lot better against Hull than it was against Huddersfield. Um, took the lead in in the first half. Darren Prattley showing what how challenging for a header does go. I think I think at the same time Hull were saying they climbed on his back, but that was the same situation. He didn't jump the whole yeah, defender, exactly and, and Prattley did. Yeah, and he just he made it his own. He uh, he made the run. Uh, cleverly round the back. It was clearly he was expecting the ball to go there, and and, uh, and it did. Um, he was the only one interested in jumping for the ball and making it his. Um, I think it was Lehigh, uh, the ca- their captain, that was um, at, the, at uh, in front of him, and as you say, just didn't jump. So mm. you know, if he'd have jumped and got pushed out of the way, then maybe there'd have been a foul, but didn't even jump. So it was practice all day long, and yeah. uh, uh, hit it. Headed it well, passed the keeper, and yeah, there was a guy on the line, but there's nothing he could do to stop it. It was good, yeah. uh, good, good goal. Yeah, I think we deserved to be one nil up when we went in at half time. I'm not going to sit here and pretend we're playing the free flowing football <laughs> that we have been at the start of the season, but no. we were grinding it out. We had the better of the chances. Uh, I can't remember Hull having a significant chance in that in that first half. Really, we've seen a couple from from Morgan, a great ball across the face of goal from from Matthews that in the end was uh, was flagged offside. Um, so we saw a, a couple of good moments from us. Um, and you're thinking, right, start the second half, a bit more of the same, and then we just concede a, another really sloppy goal. I mean, the ball was going across the face of the goal, and you can see Piercy's made just a late decision to withdraw his foot because, again, he's scared of putting it into his own goal. But uh, in, in hindsight, which is, as everyone knows, a wonderful thing, probably worth taking that risk and seeing if he can get behind for a corner because you can't leave Jared Bowen or you can't leave anyone with a tapping, I can't leave Manan with a tapping like that because, I mean, because that's going in the back of the net. And that's the thing, that, that hesitancy that players like that have at the moment is purely down to the run we're on and the, and the form we're on and Bowyer himself said it after this game that you know the players were on the floor um, confidence wise I had suggested that perhaps they have been for a couple of games now but that's exactly what that was because it's an it's a decent ball you know it's in that corridor between the back four and the the goalkeeper but at the same time there was at least two of them I think him and maybe Saar behind him both could have cleared it had they gone for it but they both choose to leave it and you heard, I can't remember if it's Terry or Greg in the commentary, say that maybe they thought it was going to go all the way out for a goal mm. kick. But it's a very unusual angle for a ball. It's not very often you see a cross come across like that and not get cleared. So I just don't know why they chose to, to leave it, really. As you say, it must have just been nerves or lack of confidence. But there's Bowen at the back post. And again, he's someone who we spoke about on Thursday. He scored in, I don't know, the last a billion games for Hull. He's the one player that you don't leave unmarked. And when he's out, as you said, a yard out of goal, he's not going to miss. And after that p- positive first half, you know, applauded off at half time, and rightly so, you just think, and I've said it what's week after week on this show, we start the second half so slowly. Every single week now, we seem to start the second half slowly. Mm. And that was another one. And you just find yourself behind. And, Obviously, we'll go on to talk about the SAR goal in a second. We managed to turn it around, but I don't know what we put that down to, but it's something that Bowyer needs to sort out because that's been happening a lot now. Because that next two and a half minutes, we were really on the back foot. You see Hull streaming forward, and it's ironically, it's one of those moves that that led to our goal. So we've seen him in and around the edge of the the penalty area, but there was a a loose pass, and obviously Naby's got his foot in there. And we've seen this a couple of times from the centre-halves when we have been playing three at the back. There's clearly a little bit of leeway for some of them to get forward if they think they can go and help a move. And it was Naby this time. He cut the ball out, played it over. It ends up on the, on the right-hand side with Lecco. Well, I mean, A, he had a great game, Lecco, but that run and that, that assist for that goal was wonderful. And then how uh, someone who's the size of Naby Saar, 6'4", can ghost into the penalty area, I don't know. But that's exactly what he did. He, he, he turned up on the edge of the six-yard box and accomplished finish again, couldn't really miss from there but that, I mean, that was a really pleasing goal the sort of counter-attacking football that we know we can play and the sort of assists from Jonathan Lecco who 
in my opinion, has picked it up again last couple of weeks, and I thought he was he was right at it on on Friday night. Um, that we know he can do, and then again that'll be that'll that'll be him in a good bit of a good vein of confidence now for a couple of weeks, I hope, and that'll be him trying to do similar stuff to that again. It won't come off all the time, but sometimes it will, and that's why you need a tricky player like that who's going to try something a bit more difficult that includes you know throwing a dummy in when he's about to put a cross in, and then putting in an excellent cross. I think um, the the two two bits of, of play for me which uh, which stood out. Uh, one, Nabisar, um in the position we were in, because we were under pressure um, immediately after that goal, as you, as you mentioned, he could have just hoofed that ball out of that penalty area, which would have been really tempting. I think any other centre, any other defender, any other player in the centre in the penalty area would have done exactly that, just hoofed it away, and you wouldn't have blamed him. But he had the presence of mind, uh, presence of mind sorry, to uh, 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 look around, look what his options were, saw a space to run into, and went for it. And then, um, instead of then just uh, getting get a rush of blood and just carrying on and thinking he was uh, playing for Brazil and going for it, you saw Albie Morgan in his inside, picked him out and then thought, uh, must have looked ahead and thought, well, there's not too many players ahead of us, so I might as well carry on. <laughs> uh, and the ball for me, though, was um, Albie Morgan's out to Jonathan Lecco because mm. uh, Lecco had come short-ish and wanted it to feet. And Albie Morgan almost said, no, 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 you're going. Mm. And so he put it ahead of him. So he forced Jonathan Lecker to, to, to run down the line, which I'm not sure he was going to do originally. Mm. Uh, but once he got the, the momentum, then there was no stopping him and the, and the, and the cross was perfect. That, that, that may be the difference between Morgan and Lecker, as I do, I do wonder if Morgan can certainly read the game better. Lecker loves the ball with at feet. Mm-hmm. He loves to try his tricks, which, like I say, sometimes they come off, sometimes yeah. they don't. And, and when they do, they make things happen. But he loves the ball to feet. And you're right in saying maybe... Morgan just saw the move progressing a bit better and gave him that space to run into Almost down the right hand side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, once, but once he got it, he, he did superbly and he, he measured his cross. Uh, great to see Nabby getting up there with a the goal. He's had a difficult few weeks, to be fair. Mm. Yeah, it was uh, it was just a lovely move, probably the best move of the game. And I spoke earlier about the fact that, that link up play between midfield and attack was better. And I had called for Morgan to come on on Tuesday night, and I suspected it was because he was being rested for for today. But for me. The midfield we had at the on Tuesday night, there was just not enough attacking verve there and Gallagher just couldn't do it all on his own. But with Morgan alongside him, I think you're both right. Morgan reads the game well and, and always looks to go forwards. And yeah, the ball comes across to Nabby. You're right, since Millwall, he's not had... I mean, obviously the, on the day and for a couple of days after, people were, were on his back and rightly so. Um, but after that, I thought actually, you know, he's stuck in the team. He... I think he was, was he dropped for one game possibly straight after, but he's he certainly played a lot of football since and, and he's looked back to it, back to himself. I thought he had another good game on, on Friday. Um, and yeah, we've spoken about Naby's journey, if you like, since signing and it's been a, a tough old time for him, but you could hear it all night. The fans were cheering his name and it makes a massive difference and you see that confidence in a player. He's one of those that when people get behind him, he, he performs and... Yeah, good on him for getting forwards because I was wondering where he was going, and he uh, he sneaks in the box, and there he is on the end of it to finish it home. So I, I was yeah really happy for him. Instead, Josh Laju comes on for Albie Morgan, sort of midway through the second period as we start to go into mm. into defensive mode. I think it's fair to say um, holes start to enjoy a bit more possession as we get into those closing stages, but without creating too much in terms of chances. I thought we were dealing with it well, um, although Bowen did have space for that that volley. That again, it was a brilliant save from a. Uh, from Dylan Phillips, but you know we, we've talked about it now. We, we we haven't seen the game out. That's the problem that we've had too often recently, unfortunately. Um, 
and a little bit of desperation towards the end. I mean, there, there's some certain, certainly some questions about things that happened in that five minutes. Why didn't Lyle Taylor get a free kick when he was hacked down? It was unbelievable. Though. Unbelievable. Um, and and again, why why the extra time was played? But Bayer does admit we'll have to defend to, to the very final whistle, and and that's what we didn't do, and that's possibly sums up our fragile mental state that that we're in at the moment. Um, leaves us now ten games without a win. It's, 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 that doesn't sound good. Now, if you look at some of the performances within that 10 games, I'm not saying we've played t- badly ten, in all of those 10 games at all. We've played badly in some of them, certainly in the, some of the more recent ones as well. But we've still seen enough to me that suggests as the players start to come back, you know, we've got Lyle Taylor back now, should be able to start at QPR, we should hope. Johnny Williams and Sam Field could be back for QPR as part of the squad. We're starting to see the players coming back. We've seen enough performances in those 10 games that, to me, that suggests we're still going to be fine. You know, I've put on Twitter this afternoon as a question that I want people to answer. Do you think we're going to get dragged into a relegation battle? Because I'm saying I don't think we will. It's possible, though. Of course it's possible. Yeah, of course it's possible, um, but I don't think but we will. I certainly don't think we'll go down. I think that, you know, what um, What I tend to look at is um, is not just, you know, obviously losing is not great, uh, and losing the manner in which you're losing is even worse sometimes. But um, if you look at, uh, after the Derby victory, the 3-0, we got the Bristol one, uh, lost by the odd goal. And played well. And played well. West Brom. Drew 2-2 and played well against a team that's uh, almost certainly going to be up there, if not uh, automatic promotion. Uh, Lost by the old goal to Preston. Didn't Uh, play well. Didn't play well, particularly. Lost by the old goal to Millwall. Um, Fairly average. On an average game. Drew with Cardiff. um, Lost by the old goal to Luton. Uh, the Sheffield Wednesday one, I don't think so. We we really went for that towards mm. the end there, and that third goal, you know, is 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 almost uh, a non-entity. Uh, lost body or goal, Middlesbrough played awful, absolutely. Really, that was a stinker, uh, and they went to Huddersfield. So, you know, you look at the fine margins, um, and you know, I know people say we should stop talking about injuries now. We've got eleven players out there that should do a job. Well, I'm sorry, I don't don't buy that at all. Um, I, I'm completely the opposite, in fact, because. When you think, right, okay, if you ask somebody who says, right, that's it, this is a disgrace, we need to change things, we need to bring players in. Okay, so how many players are we talking about here? How many players are you bringing in to solve this situation? Perhaps the players that we've already got that are injured, would they be the ones that you'd bring in to solve the situation? Probably yes. And that's the situation we're in. Yes, the squad is not big enough. We know that and we know the reasons for it. So um, let's, uh, let's, if we, were, if we had the, f- the full team out there and we were playing exactly the same way and losing by the odd goal, then I'd be concerned. Mm. You know, that's the time to worry. Yeah. But that's, you know, look at what we, look what we were doing when we started the season with the full mm. squad. Yeah, um, exactly. So. And that's so. why when I've been saying it the last couple of weeks now, I need 45 points, I think, to stay up. Um, and uh, I said when, when I started this little countdown, we needed five wins and we needed seven draws. Well, now we need five wins and we need six draws in, in the next, what, 20-odd games, you know, 20-something games. And I'm certain, I'm certain that when we have a, the team back, you know, it's not going to be the full team, of course, it's never going to be the full team. But when we get enough back, I'll be shocked if we can't put five wins together over the course of the rest of the season. That, that's a win every four games or something, or, or every five games possibly. I really I really do think we'll be able to get enough. I really do. Um, you look at some of the teams below us as well. Um, I mean, Barnsley finally got a result yesterday, but they, they haven't been playing well. Wigan not, not doing great. There's teams out there that are struggling worse than us, and, and they can't fall back on their injury problems with, with, with players due to come back as much as we can. So that's why I think we'll be okay. And there's just one thing, other thing that happened in Friday's game, which I completely missed. I only found out about this afternoon. I don't know how, but apparently there was some some sort of disagreement, Tom, between two of our... Tom and Dills. Yeah, yeah. between Tom Lockyer and Dylan Phillips. you sort of run us me. through what happened there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was after a whole chance, and I can't remember exactly what the chance was, but the result was it went out for a goal kick. Um, but I think... 
Phillips maybe wasn't happy. Either Phillips wasn't happy for Lockyer for just shielding it out, or Lockyer wasn't happy with the call or lack of call that Phillips made. But That's, either way, yeah, Phillips. Okay, yeah, because then Phillips went after Lockyer because Lockyer <laughs> clearly said something to him, chased him about halfway down the pitch and proper got in his face. But um, you know, again, that just shows the fighting spirit for me in this team. They're not a team that I'm worried about. This is not a a Reza after a 6-0 or 5-0 type situation. It's uh, no, one, no one got themselves sent off on purpose. Exactly, yeah. No, this is just two players that are frustrated with how things are going, who are desperate to win. And I'm sure after the game, they probably shook hands they, and, they, and gave they, each other they a hug. They cuddled it out at half-time, actually. Yeah, yeah. so there you go. I'd, I'd so point of looking. Yeah. That's the team that cares for you. And you, can tell, you can see that as well by some of the uh, reactions yeah. after the uh, the final whistle went. Right, let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer said. Don't forget, you can have your say on this evening's Charlton Live. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. UK. You can tweet us at Charlton Live or you can head over to the Charlton Life Forum. Uh, there's a thread on there for this evening's show. Uh, get your message into the studio. We'll read it out on tonight's Charlton Live. Right, Terry uh, was lucky enough to sit down with Lee Bayer on uh, Friday night after the devastating late draw with Hull City. The Addicts boss knows exactly how the supporters are feeling at the moment. Yeah, words well, can't describe how I'm feeling. I'm, I'm hurting so much because, again, the, the players, they... They give, gave everything again. You can't, you can't, like they've come away with a point and then, they, like, I want to say, like, what are you doing? Like, how? And I want to scream and shout and then I think I can't because I can't drag no more out of them. I can't. They're at their limit, you know. Um, and let's not forget, Hull, a good side. Good side. And we should have beat them. We should have beaten. Yeah, I mean, it's just ain't going our way at the moment, and hey, it will change. I know it will. I know it's going to change, but it, it doesn't make it any easier for for this result tonight. Like if you'd have said at the start of the season, I like, play whole at home, like and you get a point, would you take that? You'd be like, you know, well, that's a good point. That. And by the way, you've got twelve people out as well. Would you take the point there? Oh, flipping hell, that's even better point. And then we're sitting here and I'm disappointed because we ain't got three. Like that's that's the group that that, that we have in that dressing room. That, that they're fighting for the shirt, they're giving everything for this football club. And by the way, the fans helped every second. Every second. Second half they realised like they need help. They need help on there and then they just did not st- stop singing and singing and singing. I just I just feel for them and, and everyone to do with the club because us as a football club deserved more than that than what we got tonight we sat here in this very same spot uh, a few months back um, when we were on a good run and you said then that uh, you know we are going to lose matches we're, gonna, we're not going to be able to go through this season um, but we are going to lose games that's just the nature of this division you can't have possibly guessed what uh, the manner of which we not only lose but uh, you know lose points in that sort of fashion it's just uh, you can't script it can you mm. but if you look like since we've had all these injuries as well Tonight should have been free. Huddersfield, okay, won. Middlesbrough, nothing, didn't deserve nothing from that. Sheffield Wednesday, harsh penalty decision. Cardiff, two up half time, shouldn't be, shouldn't be getting, getting, losing, getting, well, getting one point from that. Preston, penalty decision. Like, and, and this was with all these people out, you know, like, and, I know, like it's easy to look back, but 
that's the reality of it. And before we lost all these, we was flying, like flying. We was right up in amongst it. So I believe that once we start getting these back slowly but surely and they start getting their fitness up, then we'll we start climbing again. And not only that, I guess, that uh, with a fully fit squad, you wouldn't be playing players, you know, when you're relying on your midfield, a 19-year-old Conor Gallagher, exceptional player though he is, playing week in, week out, you're probably looking to rest him occasionally rather than relying on him as much mm-hmm. as we do. And Albie Morgan. Yeah. Albie Morgan should be on loan. He should be on loan. At, uh, I believe in like a League Two side. That's where you should be on loan and, and learning the game. But instead, no, come on, Albie, there you go. Alfie Doffy, come on, he should be the same. Is, is it fair on these kids? No, but they've got to learn quickly. And, and I thought Albie done really well tonight. I, I really do. The, the, the lad's up top, Macca. He's playing non-league before and then now he's, he's playing this. And is it fair that he has to play game in, game out? Jonathan Lecco, 19. Is it fair that he has to play game in, game out? No, it isn't. But they're they're learning the hard way. <laughs> this is this is men's football, you know. <laughs> and then practically, like he's thirty odd, thirty three, thirty four, and it's tough for him. He needs to oh, come and practice, have a couple of game rest. What going in there? Go back in fresh. But we we ain't got the numbers at the moment, and and that's what's making it difficult. Especially a Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. Like, come on, you need to rotate there. And we was doing that in the, in the start of the season, and and we looked fresh and strong in in every game. If you think like Forest was a Wednesday night, how fresh we looked that night? Five changes gone, and you in, you out. We looked just as good. We ain't got that 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 luxury at the moment, but we will have it, and 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 then we'll be we'll be good. To be fair, the the, the team that was out there today, um, in in, uh, in real action, I guess, to the Middlesbrough game and the and the defeat on Tuesday. Uh, came out, started really positively, took it to Hull, high-intensity press game, and we looked at you know a, a much better side and deservedly took the lead. You must have been delighted having lost the lead when Hull changed it up in the second half to come straight back in and, and regain it. That must have uh, pleased you enormously. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what Naby was doing there, but he just <laughs> he just carried on his run. He stepped out, he, he played the ball in the midfield, he just carried on his run. And Lecco done excellent down the wing and, and, and put a good ball across and thankfully Naby put it in. I'm pleased for Nabby because it's been a bit tough for him uh, of late. So uh, I'm pleased something positive's happened for him. And I thought he hasn't been playing that bad, like in possession. I think he's he's been very good for us. Gets us playing out, you know. And okay, he takes the odd risk here and there, but that, that's that's the confidence you you've got to take the odd risk at times. If not, then you will never get out and venture into midfield. So um, yeah. I thought we deserved to win the game, but I don't know what more I can say. We should have won the game. It's, it's, it's frightening that we've only got a point. Well, just like the fans and yourself, you say the players are on their knees um, and can't believe what's happening. It's uh, part of your job, not just about coaching the, the, the team, about just getting their spirits up and, and, and making them go again for uh, for next week. Yeah, and that's what we do. I've got a good group behind me, staff, and, and we'll pick them up again, we always do, And because I'm telling them, like, you're good, you're good, and... Things just ain't going our way. So I'm telling them, and they're obviously keep going, don't they? The only game this season for me that that we've been poor from start to finish was Middlesbrough. That's the only game that we deserve nothing from. Every other game we've been comfortably in the game, and results could have gone our way. On the odd one has, the odd one ain't, you know. So not bad, not bad um, so far. You're having to try and think on two different levels here with uh, with the spectre of what's uh, possibly happening behind the scenes 
have you got to try and um, budget for what might happen and then budget for what might not happen yeah because we don't know when if it's actually going to happen so yeah we're, we've obviously got a plan we've got a list of players if we're if, if Roland's still in charge and then we're hopeful that maybe there might be a, a, a little bit more money for the budget if um, it's obviously if, if Matt takes over so but the, the, the difficult thing is is that we'd like to know now like when so then we can plan better you know um, but that is what it is we can't control that like I've said a million times since I've, I've been in charge these things are out of our control so all we can do is just keep trying to work hard and um, put on performances and um, in my eyes we're, we're doing that another tough game of course on Saturday um, way to QBR hoping that Johnny Williams will be back in the frame for that one yep and uh, maybe Sam Field uh-huh. Sam Field um, he comes back to us Wednesday he's been with West Brom and doing some stuff outside with them so we'll have to see how fit he is and uh, if, if he looks good Thursday, Friday then he'll also come to QPR as well I guess you might be looking at the uh, at the fixture list in the second half of the season and looking at the teams we've played and uh, teams like today Hull City nicking a point you think you can't wait to go back to your place with a full squad and uh, you'll see what we can do then yeah there's a lot there's a lot of games that have played of late and then I'm I'm thinking the same a lot um, we've played a lot of teams now and nearly all of them these is probably the one that I thought wow like okay but all the others we've been to Fulham we've been to West Brom and don't get me wrong they're very good teams but I think we held our own with our side and, and Fulham uh, West Brom sorry you could even argue that we had a few out then as well so yeah Cardiff team has just come down like with, with a lot of people out so yeah looking forward to the second half of the season just need sooner we get some bodies back to bat them and, and then we can all start pushing again life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if AI could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across, Bowers there, Pierce is there, Bowers with a header, and it's Joe! Yes! 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 Oh, he's got Oh, Patrick Barr! You absolute German beauty! Woo! Dream lads! Joe has scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it all! Guess it! Come on! What a time yes, to be here! Here at Wembley! 
word! Oh my word! Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is your Charlton Live show live on Sunday evening coming to you uh, from the Valley. Just heard there from Lee Bayou who came to speak to uh, Terry after the game. He just about calmed down a bit more by that. I mean, he, I mean you should have seen him when he, when he first came out of here to speak, speak to Radio London after. And I've never heard the word flipping used so many, which was actually, I was really impressed that he didn't cross the line. But especially considering about... About a minute and a half into our interview, the Tannoy announcement came over. I thought he was going to jump up and rip out the wall. Yeah, that was that was that. Was, I thought that was going to push him over the edge. But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, you can hear his frustration. Tell. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and you can understand. I mean, look, he's, and I think that's why he endears himself to the to the fans because uh, uh, it's like he lives and breathes Charlton, um, and it's probably he just lives and breathes football. But mm. uh, it just gives the impression that I'm sure it's not an impression. Actually, I'm sure he does. But yeah, he's he's, he's like one of us. Uh, mm. And um, he feels the pain as much as uh, as the joy. So, uh, and that's why uh, fans love him because mm. uh, and he and he doesn't hide either. He says it like he is. Um, and so I think um, you know, and you've seen a lot of some lot, loads of reactions on Twitter. Some some bizarre, but some genuinely uh, you know uh, heartfelt as well. But um, when he says you know that he can't ask more of the players, you got you believe him. You know because he's right. Mm. You know you, you can't you can't drag any more out of what he's got. Uh, and that's also probably what he's frustrated about. Yeah, you got a lot of sympathy with the manager at the moment after after what he's going through. Yeah, huge amount for me. He's, he remains the right man for the job. I think it's madness that people are calling for him to to go. Um, I, we we have to say. I mean, that is one or two people, and then it gets yeah. magnified by people calling these people mad. And that's yeah. yeah. So like on Twitter, quote tweet, you're mad. Next person, quote tweet the same person, you're mad. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's no manager that could deal with the situation he's got any better for me and I don't think there's anyone better to to steer us through this either Um, and Terry said is exactly right I said it to you in the car on the way here for me you see him go off and you it does feel like a fan out there Mm. managing the club you can see how much it cares that the photo that that Paul Edwards took that showed him coming off in the rain was just you could read the pain in his face and the frustration Mm. and you see the sky cameras when that goal goes in, cut to him pretty much as soon as the goal goes in and he's just absolutely gutted. And yeah, yeah I have a huge amount of sympathy with him. Um, and I'm also pleased that players are starting to come back now. Obviously, Lau is back. There's a fairly strong rumour that you're going to have Field and, and Johnny back for uh, for Saturday, whether they start or not, I wouldn't expect. But um, to be back around the squad, you've got to hope that we're starting to come out the other yeah. end of this now. Yeah. You see, when we walked in here, he was so down. I actually, I, just, I literally, I wanted to get up and give him a hug, a hug. but he, yeah. he, he would have headbutted me, so he didn't. <laughs> right, let's have a look at uh, some of your messages. I've got to say thank you as well to David Evans from Norfolk, who sent us a lovely uh, Christmas card to the Valley. So thanks, thanks for taking the time to do that, David, uh, and for, for listening uh, to the to the show throughout the the season. I do like the fact that you addressed Tom as Tom Welshy Walling in the card as well. <laughs> Full name. Uh, yeah, which is very nice. Right. Uh, the tweets started flying in, obviously, and it's unusual. It doesn't always happen, but sometimes we get tweets bang on full time. Someone thinking, right, let's get in early for, for this for Sunday. Uh, and Craig did just that. So you lot need to start taking phone calls uh, on the show. So because I'm telling you now, uh, what we uh, what we've got, it ain't good enough. Uh, we're worried about start. Why are we worried about starting Lyle Taylor, who got injured on a jolly up playing against players who earn three pound fifty an hour? Yet the club who's paying his wages suffer three months out for what? That's a joke. Uh, Craig says Pierce is past it. Lockyer ain't that great, really. Let's be honest. Sars positioning is so bad. Uh, Rotherham didn't even want Purrington. Sunderland didn't even want Matthews. And look how they uh, are both doing uh, and you lot watch if this ESI lot take over Bose is gone they won't stand for that two sloppy goals given away Purrington not even challenged for that ball is a disgrace Terry 
It's very rare. I disagree with almost entire uh, an entire post, but I, I mean, think I mean, that one's close. Yeah, I mean, Craig's obviously. I mean, frustration is <laughs> oh, the yeah, main thing. It's got all time yeah. written all over <laughs> that's that. Got, that has got. <laughs> that has got. So no, I, no. I, when I was out yesterday, I went to see Ben. Obviously, does show with us, and he told me he actually deleted the Twitter app at full time <laughs> to stop himself I, yeah. being tempted. I was almost like because I've I've pretty much been off Twitter uh, for the election because it's just, just mad enough. So I thought, I'm actually going to stay off it for another couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have, really. Yeah. Now, we, so, I mean, what was your reaction on Friday? So Friday night, I, um, when I was chatting to Ben yesterday, I found out he went home and told his told his missus, you, you go upstairs, I'm going to sit in the lounge for a bit just to collect my thoughts. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's funny. I was sat on my phone till three o'clock in the morning because I couldn't sleep after that. Were you similar? Were you? It, um, was it like a funeral atmosphere <laughs> in the house? Well, by the time I got home, there was, everybody was in bed anyway. Yeah. So uh, I, I was, I'd said to myself, um, I probably won't drink till Saturday because I'm going out Saturday night. So I'll probably yeah. leave it. But when I got home Friday night, no, 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 no. I'm definitely out <laughs> now. So yeah. I just uh, I sat in front. Yeah, actually, pretty similar. I didn't put the telly on. No. I just uh, sat back in a chair with a, with a, a small glass of whiskey and thought, uh, uh, and ju- and just just yeah, yeah. I tried not to think about football. I was trying to think about everybody, every, yeah. anything else but football, which yeah. didn't work, by the way. No. <laughs> um, and then yeah, then uh, then just didn't talk about it the following yeah. day. And Tom, you were happy that Amy was uh, was out late, so you could just sit sit and collect yeah. your thoughts again. <laughs> she was at a Christmas party, so I'd had a few beers. So I thought I'm going to get an early night and make sure I'm asleep by the time she gets back. <laughs> Bless her. Because she'd be in a good mood. She'd, she'd have been, been coming in fun. happy Friday night and I, I just couldn't deal with that. <laughs> the, last, the last question you want to hear is, how did it go? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, I was right. long asleep. Sam Burgess says, really disappointing. Uh, but you take 13 players out of any squad and they are messed up. Keep the faith. Boya has it under control. Mitch, uh, so from now until May, I refuse to accept anything that happens after 90 minutes. With that <laughs> mindset, we're in the top three. Easy. <laughs> Can I just say, was it, was it you who quoted the Charlton Life, t- uh, the yeah. Charlton Life tweet that went well, out? Nathan, said, I think. Uh, anybody uh, that, any, uh, Charlton Life, there was a ch- tweet by Charlton Life immediately after, uh, after the game on Friday that said, uh, for everybody that's left, uh, two or three minutes early to catch the bus. We're having an, an amazing <laughs> Great season. Week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, F. James. Now that was Cholton to a man. Forget uh, about these last second goals. These things happen. Hull played okay against our second string. Like I always say, be patient, be prepared for the battle, and then be victorious at the end. Uh, we have over a week to plot our victory at QPR, and we march into battle against Bristol and Swansea uh, and get our revenge. There we can win the next three, and we will uh, win the next three. Stay positive and keep May free in your diaries. <laughs> Great stuff. Yeah, Evie's banging that promotion drum still, uh, playoff final drum. Daniel Trafin says, it was a gutsy performance. We didn't deserve to lose the game, uh, or draw the game, he means, I guess, <laughs> but we defended uh, too deep in the last 10 minutes. Dodger just has a gif of someone throwing themselves out the window in that in that <laughs> the IT crowd gif. Uh, Fred says, it was better than Tuesday's performance, but that wouldn't be hard. The defence is a concern, and why isn't the keeper coming off his line to get the ball when crossing? Well, that's what that's what you said earlier, Tom. I mean, mm. defence as a whole... Quite, I mean, no, a, quite a way out, though. Is it? It, yeah, it, yeah, it, 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 it was, it tell from it where was I quite was. deep, but I mean, yeah, no clean sheets in 10 games, yeah. conceding a lot of goals. Problems, problems there. It's not always about the defence, though, is it? Uh, generally yeah. speaking, if you're playing, if you're if you're back four is basically playing war ball, and so when it goes out, it almost comes straight back again. It's not always about yeah. the defence when you're under that much pressure. Sometimes uh, yeah. it's it's about the midfield as well, and we know that we're missing a lot of players in midfield. I mean, because we look at those players individually, Lockyer, Pierce, Nabby on his day, and we, and we we see competent defenders. We're not sitting there thinking, oh, God, we're 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 wheeling out, I don't know, who's been a crap defender for us in the past, like Texera or someone like that. He weren't even that bad, but, you know, we're, we're not wheeling out some clown here. We're, yeah. we're wheeling out property. It's not. It's no Rojo, is it? And they're players that we have praised quite a lot in the early part of the season as well. I think Nath mentioned a stat to me the other day that 
Lockyer's given away more balls from his own half than than any other defender or something along those lines and that really surprised me because to me it doesn't he doesn't give that impression at all I think Lockyer's come in and has done very well since signing Pierce we we know what he's all about Naby like we've all said can go off the boil in games but can also Cruyff turn three players and, and bang one in so they've all got their qualities and yeah uh, the the strange thing is that last year we our foundation was built on a very strong defense um but as Tell just mentioned there when you lose someone like Cullen in front of the back four that's going to make a difference um and also we have to remember we're playing against better players this year so naturally that's going to make a difference how many times has Dylan Phillips kept us in games how many times even on Friday did he keep us in that game they've all done their fair share Lockyer's made goal saving tackles in games Pierce blocks a million shots a game so it's just one of those things. We're playing against better players, better strikers, quicker players. We're going to concede more goals naturally. Um, but the players that are in there, I don't think there's a problem necessarily. Yeah, like this from Tim Ken on the Charlton Life Forum says, I'm still in pain, uh, but still it's only a small percentage of the pain that the Sunderland fans suffered on the 26th of May. Yeah, I agree with that, but I do risk karma would just have a day off for a change. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, uh, Mendonca's right foot says, we've got to get over it. And then let's just bring on uh, QPR London. In it, Giza gutted to concede so late again, but it's done. We've got 3,000 heading to QPR next week. It's going to be a stonking rock and roll. Uh, welcome back, William. LA LA Red Army Red Army Knees Up Mother Brown Christmas Boogie Woogie Bonanza <laughs> Lee 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 Boya Get in London Geezer is uh, looking forward to QPR I he's think. already on the show but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Sheed uh, says Phillips has kept us in so many games for so long this season that you can give him for one mistake the game changed when Albie Morgan was subbed off we surrendered possession and were inviting way too much pressure he's no Josh Cullen but we're playing much better with him yeah I mean Deji came on Tom instead of instead of Albie you can see he's going to be a defensive midfield he doesn't keep the ball. He doesn't protect the ball quite as well as um, Albi. He adds a lot of energy when he does come on and he can be in the right place at the right time. But do you think that helped us? Well, that was part of the reason we surrendered a fair bit of possession. I mean, Hull were always going to push on, but you do what you try, what you can do to make sure you keep the ball up front for as yeah. long as possible. It's obviously part of the reason, but it's a, a naturally defensive substitution and it's what most managers would do at that part of the game and if we go on to hold out and defend well and win the game no one's complaining so it's very easy when that goal goes in to say oh we shouldn't have made so many defensive changes I think Morgan hasn't played a lot of football and looked knackered and Bo said himself after the game for him he should be playing League 2 on loan Um, but yeah I spoke about it earlier in the show we did lose that attacking threat when he went off and we lost the ability to have a an outlet when the defence were, as Tell said earlier, kind of lumping it long and getting it straight back. But at the same time, to have someone like Oshelar just slot in there and be more defensive cover, uh, anyone would say that's a good thing. And, mm. and it was the right change to make. It's just, you know, he wasn't at fault for the goal. You look at the goal, it was a, a, free, a header at the back post. So, no, for me, it was the right change. I'd love Morgan to be able to play 90 minutes again. But... um we need to be careful with the young players. Mm, yeah, David Nichols says it was better, but we should have seen it out. Uh, we've got to be clever, cleverer in running down the clock, making proper clearances and marking better. Dills knows he should have saved it, but he made some great saves before then and on Tuesday, so he's blameless. Do you agree that Ledley not coming on was strange? Why have Ledley if we don't use his experience in the last few minutes? Uh, assuming the takeover goes through, where would you strengthen? For me, Cullen is a huge miss, so a similar player to come in if Field can't do the job. Uh, strong centre-half. Uh, to partner Lockyer and another striker, easy. So, I mean, Ledley didn't come on, played the first 45 minutes at Middlesbrough. I ain't seen him since then, really. <clears throat> well, he had a difficult first 45, didn't he, to be fair. And he hasn't played since, was it? Somebody said August? Uh, was uh, January. January, oh, there you go. Um, so, you know, he's going to take time to to, to to 
get used to the pace of the game. And I wasn't surprised. I think that you know the subs we made was Oshelaja, uh, Taylor first, and Oshelaja. And uh, I like Deji Oshelaja. I think he's a great player personally, and I, I think um, he's, it's tough on him that he's not starting because I'd be tempted to. But um, no, I didn't have a problem with that. Joe Ledley coming on, would it have made a difference? Who would you take off? Prattley, who was having a great game. So, and yeah, right. Um, I guess he's saying Ledley <coughs> instead of Deji. No, maybe. I think Deji at the moment's yeah. a better player. Yeah, for okay. me. Uh, and he was making tackles far up the field, not just not just sitting back. So, yeah. I think it's you know it's just a, a symptomatic of where we are at the minute. It, you know, players are human nature. Uh, you know, humans. And so, human nature. We're trying to protect a two-one lead. You sit back. That's just what people do. Yeah. Right. Freddie says shame about the result, but you can't argue uh, with the effort the boys put in. They just need to forget about it. Focus on QPR. Hopefully, with Williams on the pitch to give us what we're missing. John uh, says it's easy to say, I know, but if you keep the ball, the other team cannot mm. score. Uh, overall, though, we were okay. Um, Dave boy, so I've put it out there saying, you know, are we going to get sucked into this relegation battle? And I think I'll probably, I should probably clarify what I mean because obviously, sitting now six points above the relegation zone, you could argue we're in run now, but I mean towards the end of the season. That's what I meant. I think we'll we'll pick up enough points to get away from it. Dave boy says relegation lull, playoff places at a minimum. Uh, <laughs> Root C says, let's be honest, if we get dragged into a relegation battle. Uh, or not, at the start of the season, the aim was to survive. And I mean before the amazing start. Worst injury crisis known to English football and a promising takeover bid. We should remember that staying up is the primary goal. Marion agrees that I think we'll be okay. Uh, Friday was very frustrating as we had played better than we did on Tuesday. Matt uh, agrees with me as, as well, says players will drift back and maybe some new blood in as Bose gets a few uh, quid uh, to spend, uh, which uh, yeah will hopefully be the... Uh, the, the outcome uh, the wave says seven points clear including uh, goal difference uh, players returning to the squad a strong performance last Friday night other teams at the bottom and not on form still have a good chance of beating the drop if the deal uh, for the takeover uh, goes through this year we're going to hear aren't we from Lee Bayer later on in the show uh, talks about his meeting with Matt Southall on Thursday evening right CFC in Germany Mr. Duchatelet turned away when we were struggling I see a massive improvement off the pitch and we'll see the impact of ESI on the pitch in January we just have to be patient Patient, uh, all right, Russell. Uh, solid midfield yeah. spot uh, at the end of the season. Uh, Lyle Taylor for PM says uh, we just aren't clearing our lines convincingly in those dying seconds. There doesn't seem to be much time management leading up to these final minutes either. Uh, we keep leaving the game pretty open. We could do ourselves a favour and kill games off sooner. Yeah, certainly we could. Yeah, you know, if we're four one up, it don't matter. But I mean, we saw Lyle Taylor trying a little bit of the. Uh, when he got foul, when he didn't, he didn't get fouled. But when he got nastily tackled, and it should have been a foul, and he stayed down for about a minute or so. So that's what we need to do more. We need to do a Preston. Like we True, need to but dis- then you know the referee, the just add, referee just added on enough time for them to score. So, mm-hmm. so you get the feeling if we'd have uh, if we'd have uh, <coughs> um, Leco got booked for doing exactly that for yeah. just before the free kick. So. Yeah. Um, it, whether that comes back to bite us, comes back to haunt us, because the referee thinks, oh, you, 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 you're deliberately trying to time waste, I'm going to add some more time on. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the ideal um, ideal thing is, A, we don't concede the, the early goal in the, in the second half, and, yeah. and B, we score four. Well, we come to the perfect tactics, then no conceding, no, score, don't concede more. And score more. Right, Sad uh, says we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll get players back and hopefully strengthen uh, with two or three more players in January. We must... Keep the faith. Rob's, Rob's got a few points. Less passing a, across the back uh, and being uh, more direct seemed to work better on Friday. Where did the sixth minute of injury time come from? And why are we persisting in playing three centre-backs? It's not working. I mean, Tom, that surely has to be the fact that there's no there's no other options in midfield. I'm certain we wouldn't have played the three centre-backs as much because it does work for us away at West Brom, away at Fulham. We played superbly with that formation. I imagine Bowie wouldn't want to play it every week, but we just don't have the options in that midfield at the moment. Yeah, 100%. Uh, 
part of the the hallmark of Bowyer's obviously fairly young managerial career is his ability to to have us play in different formations and as you said there we've seen that three at the back work very well um Fulham away obviously when Jake was was playing left wing back I thought it worked brilliantly and when you've got attacking wing backs you can be a real threat particularly when you've then got absolute workhorses like Conor Gallagher and Darren Prattley in the middle so it's not a formation that that I dislike but you're right we've had to play it pretty much every week for the last four or five and that's purely down to personnel because when you look at that midfield we're struggling to name three or four at any one time and certainly three or four who can do different jobs so I think when Johnny's back and Oztuma's back I certainly think there's more scope to go back to that four at the back and play the diamond which we've also seen work really well um, but for me it's just a case of getting bodies back first I think maybe Lyle being back might help that as well because then you can play a very simple two up front and a diamond in behind them possibly so it's it goes back to the injury point again mm. and that's why although none of us want to use it as an excuse and I feel like we're all saying we can't use it as an excuse we, we kind of can because there's yeah. just so many injuries we've got to deal with yeah like Bert Palmer says if Boya had a decent budget do you think that half the players would be here in the first place Boya had no budget that's why he bought in Warriors but that only takes us so far and so far we've done brilliantly considering uh, the injuries let's just wait until we've got a proper budget right Derek says Albie Morgan was the main reason the performance was better than Tuesday he kept possession well and allowed us to play our football agree we went defensive too early and could feel uh, that the last minute goal was coming the football bods, <laughs> the football gods keep punishing us for that winner at Wembley Sebo says we'll be fine uh, it might be slightly nervous at times but we'll be fine in terms of relegation Glenn says hi guys uh, my first uh, ever time tweeting the show uh, welcome Glenn uh, so many rumours around that the takeover is announced tomorrow your thoughts I haven't yes, heard that rumor yes, personally. Yeah, I hope so, but I, I <laughs> I'll don't take know. it. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it will be. But I mean, the the takeover itself very much came out of the blue. So I spoke to someone on Friday involved with the new lot, and they said everything was going uh, to plan. But we still got we're still if, if you're looking at four to six weeks, so many Chinese whispers. Yeah, yeah, there's there's still a lot of time to wait, and you know I, I I'll be surprised, but at the same time, I'm not expecting someone to text me when it's about to be announced. It'll be announced by the club. My, so. Yeah, you get this. My mate's best friend, yeah. my mate down the pub, his best friend's yeah. granny. Yeah. Let's talk to somebody who says it's going to yeah. happen tomorrow. I mean, someone said someone tweeted on Friday that it was going to happen on Friday, pitch side, and they were wrong. So yeah, I mean, a lot of whispers, Chinese whispers going around. Uh, Dan says if we lose to QPR on Saturday and either Wigan or Stoke win their game, then we are full on in the relegation battle already. But my, my, my theory is you're only in a proper battle when you get into the last couple of months of the season. Uh, George says uh, we won't be in a relegation battle if we can see uh, games out. Tony says he can't listen uh, live this evening, so he'll be on the pod. Uh, no need to panic. We're still in an okay position, and soon we will have our injured players back, and hopefully we'll be able to get some fresh faces in the January transfer window. We played pretty well on Friday. The players gave that all once again. A win is just around the corner. Uh, then we can go on a nice unbeaten run and finish in mid-table. Sebo again, the late goals recently have been subconsciously uh, been in the minds of the players, and maybe it's more likely to happen then. There probably is in the cure other than to go a game or two where we do see it out then confidence uh, to do it is back I'm confident it will happen uh, we'll be okay um, Bob uh, says uh, aren't we forgetting that we didn't lose and we got a valuable point it's just the way that we dropped two points later yeah, on and that, that's true out. isn't it it's, it's, mm. I mean, the fact that uh, and, and on the back of the um, the defeat last minute uh, in the previous game it makes it makes it feel worse doesn't it mm, yeah um uh, Michael says uh, probably uh, talking about uh, Lee Bowyer because oh because Bob says it, I mean something that Bo said in in his interview you tell 
uh, says says the budget will only be a tiny bit more. So it sounds like the budget might not be that big then with the new owners as we think. But then Michael said, well, they don't want to give away too much, do they? We don't we don't want to know because then the values of players suddenly goes up, don't they? So yeah, I mean, I remember I remember the Zabil thing. I think um, uh, when they came in, they they, they made all sorts of uh, declarations about mm. what they were going to do, and I think every player sort of went straight onto the either onto the internet. Or down the local Rolls Royce garage to price up the next, uh, you know, the next big car. Looked at what the Bentleys were going to cost them, and then it, when it all fell apart, we don't think anybody recovered from that. <laughs> yeah, no, I certainly didn't for a few years. Right, London Iggy's uh, says that Ledley was dreadful at Borough, but then Jax does say that Adam Matthews wasn't all that on his first game. But I haven't seen uh, Ledley play live, though. To be fair, you have to be the judge of that when it comes to his ability. Right, we're going to hear from Lee Bayer again in a few seconds' time because I want to talk about the the meeting with Matt Southall. But David just uh, added before we go to that, uh, I've been a Chump fan for 45 years through thick and thin. Uh, there are many fickle fans out there. Everyone needs to keep the faith in not just Bo and Jacko, but everyone who's got us where we are. Yes, it's tough sometimes, but we all need to believe it's a team thing and we are part of it. Stay strong and keep the faith. Come on, you Reds. Lovely stuff there from David. A great message into the show here on Charlton Live this evening. Right, let's get into the nitty-gritty of the controversy then, shall we, on Friday. So, Is it controversy? Well, a little bit. It was confusion. You're picking this that. up a little bit. Yeah, well, well let's, yeah. Hear, let's hear what Bo said. Because, all right, so I've, uh, before the game on Friday... Uh, because it was on Sky TV, they do they do a post match uh, with the manager, of course, but they also do a pre match. And now we know that Bayer had said on the on the Thursday that it was due to go and meet Matt Southall, the potential new chairman. Um, and uh, he did his interview with Caroline Barker before the game, and we were told, and he told her that uh, it was a po- you know let, let's let's be clear first, positive meeting, we'll get a budget, all of this, it was all good things. But then he just said, and, and something was said that was quite strange. I'm gonna we're gonna hear that clip in a second, so we won't go into that. So obviously then, throughout the entire game, I have people going, what does it mean strange? What does it mean? What, what's going on here? Everyone panicking because, you know, once bitten, twice shy and all that. Over the last few years, we're all very much cautious about a new ownership. So when Bo's come out and said that, uh, we needed some clarification. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to play the clips. So um, I've, I've put them together just to save a bit of time. So we've got the clip from what Bo had told to Caroline Barker before the show. Uh, and then I asked him to clarify after, so we can hear both, and then we can have a discussion about it. So this is, first of all, Bayer talking to Sky Sports, and then afterwards you can hear Bayer talking to me after the game to clarify what he meant uh, by the strange things that happened in the meeting. I'm still frustrated, because um, we just want to see things happen and, and positive things for the football club. That's the most important thing for me. Um, and, and regarding last night, there was some positive things. There was some strange things like what well, I'm not going to get into detail um, the, that's, that's between myself and, and, and the potential owner um, but there were some, some good things and some strange things and that's all I can say And uh, but hopefully it, it goes through sooner rather than later and hopefully before the January transfer window uh, another way obviously you can get your help is uh, in January if, if the new owners are in in place um, you had your meeting with Matt Southall last night can you tell us a little bit about what happened there we just had a discussion regarding uh, what what Matt's plans are going forward with the club. Um, obviously, we had discussions regarding players, um, contracts. So yeah, there was uh, it was positive. It was positive. We both know where we stand. Um, he knows what I want for for me and my team. He made it clear what he wants to do moving forward, and, and he had some 
some some good ideas. Mm. So, um, yeah. Forgive me if I'm misquoting here because I, I wasn't able to watch Sky before, but um, apparently you said something along the lines of there were some good things and some strange things, and I see the Chelsea fans suddenly panicking. So I just wonder if you could clear that up, perhaps what that what was yeah, meant by that. Again, I just said to Sky again there, like, okay, I said some strange things, but obviously, mm, Matt, if 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 this happens, um, then he's going to have different ideas to to what I'm used to. So then that's what I meant by strange. It doesn't mean that it's this crazy stuff. It's just different to what what I've heard in the past. Doesn't make it doesn't make it too strange. Obviously maybe I used the wrong word there, but obviously people can blow things out of proportion, trust me. It was nothing too crazy. It was just some some of the suggestions and things that got put to me was was different to what I've heard in the uh, in in the past. So nothing nothing that set alarm bells ringing or anything because oh, you should no, have seen no, Twitter no, after no, that. No 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 nothing like that. Um, like I said, there was there was some positive discussions. Um, so yeah, if it happens, then then there's going to be some some good ideas that uh, will be coming from Matt and. So, yeah, we'll, um, we'll, we'll see if it all happens and goes for Oh, So that clears that up then, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how to read it. Because I, I, we we're not party to what, what, was, part, what, that, what was said in that meeting. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe it has been blown out of proportion. And you look at what was said on, in his Sky post-match. He was asked about it again. He said, look, let's not blow this out of proportion. And he certainly he doesn't want it to sound like it's a strange thing. Like, it's, it's something that's bad. That's what we heard there. He was, he was certainly saying there's nothing bad. It's something just a bit different. And could be anything. And it's, said, hard, it's hard to judge at this, at this moment in time. Yeah, he said different to what he'd heard before. So uh, maybe it's just uh, a miscommunication about what um, uh, he was told maybe by other people. Um, was likely to happen, and then um, Matt Southall's come in and, and corrected uh, mm. corrected him on a few things, or at least said, "No, it's not going to be like that. It's going to be like this." Mm. Um, quite what those are, we've got no idea, have we? I mean, who knows? It could be anything from, you know, uh, they're bringing in, um, I don't know, a, a doctor or some sort of psychic to help them with it. Do you know what I mean? Who <laughs> knows? Or, or, or yeah. it could be just, uh, yeah, we're going to go to uh, to the Middle East for our preseason training, or for a, for a next international break, we're all off on a jolly. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Are you nervous, Tom? I mean, as I said, we've, we've been bitten, so we, we might be shy the second time. We, we've been through a, a very difficult ownership. And I think football fans on the whole, and I'm not just talking about Charlton, I'm talking about up and down the country, compared to definitely 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, they're a lot, they're a lot more savvy as to what's going on at their club and they're yeah. a lot more uh, cautious about, about ownerships because they, they know now that you can have bad owners. So I, I, I do wonder if you hear that phrase and people are just... Just being overly cautious, just because we know what it's like when you have a difficult owner, and, and as soon as you hear anything that could go wrong, you, you're just listening, and that's why Boyer came out afterwards. He tried to clarify what he said. He's not going to come out and say what it was because it's a private meeting. But I mean, it, we can understand why when you heard that phrase, everyone started panicking. Mm. Yeah, I'm nervous as well, and I think majority of people don't really like change, do they? So no matter how bad it in is, in some cases, yeah. <laughs> look, we've been desperate for Roland to go for ages, and and. We all stand by that, I imagine, now as well. But then when it comes to it actually happening, you're like, well, actually, at least we know what we're getting with Roland and we don't know what the the future holds with these new people and, and what if it's worse. And those doubts go through your head. It's the same with anything. Um, as I say, people naturally just don't like change. But 
the early if we go back to the statement when the news came out the the statement they put out said all the right things you know they want to engage the fans in make sure they're a part of it you know they're really excited to build a future for the club they're saying all the right things how much can you read into that at the moment we we just don't really know but if we think back over what we've had with Roland for the last four or five years I think when we take all that into account we'll all remember just how bad it's been um and maybe it is a risk who knows but it's a risk that I think a lot of us are willing to take so yeah of course everyone's a bit nervous at the moment because it's all a bit up in the air and you're in this kind of I think I used the word purgatory last week where we're just not really sure what's happening but when we come out the other side of it and provided they do it does go through and they do take over they need to kind of prove that that statement wasn't just a flash in the pan and you know that that's exactly how they intend to run this club but if they come in before January and they make a couple of signings then maybe we can start to see what they're all about so mm. yeah it's difficult at the moment just because we don't know enough about them but as I say if they take over you'd imagine the club will do something with the new ownership structure do some form of interview get their faces out there obviously Matt's been, been putting himself about there around the valley already um, and hopefully we'll just get to know them a little bit better because mm. that's what we want um, as fans we want to know that our club's in safe hands so. yeah definitely hope we'll get Matt on this show I think yeah. I think that'll be possible yeah. I think that'll be a, I, I think if Matt really wants to good, make a good impression then he has to come into the channel live studio because that's where all the action happens that's where <laughs> exactly right yeah so it's, hopefully he's listening <laughs> Terry Rose uh, Terry Rose is just saying you know this talk about uh, about Bowie with only a bit of money to spend just with a question mark well, that's how let, let's see what happens. Yeah, it could be that, couldn't it? It could be that, uh, you know, uh, with uh, the the background of, of what we know, that, um, you know, you, you go far far enough down the chain, there's lots of money there. But it could be that the, the actual part that now owns us doesn't quite have that amount of money. But they still have got to, um, I imagine, have got to pass the fit and proper persons test, which means they've got to be able to fund us for how many years? Is it two, three? They, they need to show proof minutes, of funds for two years. Is, yeah. so, it's the owners and directors test. They changed the name of it when they tried to tighten it up a bit. Um, <laughs> it might have been the only change they made, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. But no, there's, there's you know, this interview process. I, I did do a bit of reading up. There's all sorts of like, you know, you check, check there's no conflict of interest, check there's no one who's had a ban, you know, ban from being a director of a company bankruptcy that sort of thing check the funds are there check there's a plan there uh criminality of course which which would be the, the obvious one if someone's a murderer they're not going to let them be be part of the club or anything like that so there's all these checks they go through they they've, they've had their interviews the uh esi with the efl and now i mean from what I, from what i've been told is you know, they don't give you on the spot feedback they don't say oh, that was great yeah good luck and you know, i think you'll be all right they, they'll go away they'll come back if they need to check something they'll do that and that's why this process is an indeterminate amount of time as well um and, but like i say i was told on on friday when i spoke to someone involved with the new lot they said as far as we're concerned still on track mm. everything's going fine they're not going to turn around and say oh it turns out we're rubbish but at the same time if, if something had gone horribly wrong they say oh there might be a delay as far as they're concerned still on track so again i said it on thursday that we'd much rather they do all these checks and make yeah. sure that the owner we get in is fit and proper mm. so exactly. if it takes a little bit longer we can't moan about the efl I mean, yeah not doing it properly with Roland and what happened at the, the situation at Bury exactly. where they rushed someone through exactly and then turn around and say, well, actually, can you rush someone through now because we're all desperate? We can't do that. Need and, a bit and patience, if, don't we? If it, yeah, if it's <laughs> twice now. If we come out, if we come out, if it ends up, it comes out the other side of January. I mean, that will be devastating and we pray it doesn't cost us our championship status, but things need to happen properly and that's the problem. Right. Uh, David emails in and said, there's no way we're going to be uh, in a relegation battle. 50 needed max to stay up. Yeah. And like I say, I reckon 45 over the majority of the last 10 years or so would have been fine. 
to stand up. Right, Mark says, good evening, TV superstar, <laughs> and whichever <laughs> yeah. of us humble minions. I just wanted to point out, so yeah, I did the TV with, with Caroline Barker on Friday. It's just uh, a quick chat about what's going on. I'd like to point out now, Caroline is very tall. I am normal size, okay? I look like a midget compared to her. I would like to point out, I'd like to get that on the record, I'm normal, normal size. Caroline Barker is only four foot eight and you are a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, um, uh, and whichever of us humble minions you have currently feeding you grapes. Um, it looked like a totally different side Friday. We played with purpose and fire and didn't let holes settle. Uh, they have some dangerous players. We deserved all the points, uh, but I'd have to... The, but I'd have the back four practicing actually jumping for headers as opposed to waiting. That's three goals where we look like statues yeah. and that's got to stop. Well, four really because the, the Fletcher one, there was two at Mill, weren't there? Fletcher head of Sheffield Wednesday was one. Uh, a few years ago, we sat in the studio discussing why we conceded late goals and we couldn't fix it then. And it seems the same now. But what is worse, to let one in after a minute and lose or not, uh, or let one in at the end. I agree with you, Lou, that we will soon rise again up the table, and I still think we will finish higher than Millwall. Expect us to do QPR with Taylor starting alongside Bon and Leco uh, in a 5-2-3 style formation, and a Williams uh, on the bench. Just curious to have Ledley on a small month contract and then not put him on, at least to see what he could offer, as Cullen could be out for the next few months. Uh, I still think we need to get him into the end of the season. That's uh, that's from Mark. Yeah, cheers for that, Mark. Yeah, uh, yeah, Cullen's still a while away, wasn't he? It's, it's going to be a while after Christmas, as far as we know. So. Talking February weren't they mm. is what they said yeah. yeah so I mean it is interesting that Ledley's not getting the game time but I say maybe, maybe we saw that performance up at, at Middlesbrough and you're like yeah you're nowhere near the level we thought you were going to be but I also think there might have been a change, a shift behind the scenes somewhere because um, we uh, we had it with uh, Chuck Sonique we had a little bit with Lyle Taylor where it looked like they were rushed back or not rushed back it's not the right mm. word but they looked like they were coming back and then suddenly they weren't Yeah, and maybe because we were rushing them too quick well, it's the same with it's the same with Williams we were told Williams, he was going to be yeah. on the bench but on then, Friday and, but, that, and then I was I mean I was specifically told advice changed yeah. and we were told to be careful and Bayer said himself yeah so that I mean yeah. it looks like the the um, the, the shift of uh, mm. a shift of approach let's not take any risks so um, I'm not unhappy with that by yeah. the way I'm not only told that the advice changed I was also told that the source of the advice changed oh, okay. which I found quite interesting um, but quite at least it means that when they are back they're back in a right in, a, in the right fitness. Yeah. Uh, fitness well, that's levels. what we, yeah we want players who are fully. And it could be that Joe Ledley, when he came here, um, we were initially told he was fit and up up to speed, and then quickly found out that he wasn't. So mm. it could be that the reasons on the bench is just not fit enough to to mm. do more than sort of fifteen twenty minutes. Who knows? Right, uh, we've got a really uh, important interview now. Uh, coming up on Charlton Live. Uh, earlier on uh, this afternoon, I spoke to Grant Jeffries, of course, the father of young Jack Jeffries, who so tragically passed away uh, in summer 2018. Um, you, you would have seen him around the club when he, when he was ill. Uh, just a young lad, a massive Charlton fan, and uh, the, the club looked after him uh, as best as they could when he was uh, when he was able to still come to the games. He got to meet the players and, and such like that. Uh, after Jack's uh, tragic passing, the family set up uh, the Jack Jeffries Superhero Trust. Um, they do in work here at the club. They they have a box here at the club, uh, which they can enable families who are going through similar situations to what their family did uh, to come to the Valley and enjoy. Uh, a day here watching the football uh, take your mind off things and that sort of stuff so um, I wanted to find out a bit more about Grant um, Matt I saw Matt Southwell actually went up to visit the families in the box here on Friday uh, which was quite interesting so I asked Grant if he'd come on the show uh, to let us know a little bit more about what what, what happens there 
uh, up in the box and with, with, with the charity and, and also to find out how the supporters can donate because I'm certain after you listen to this you'll want to get involved and, and to lend some money to the uh, or give some money to the to the superhero trust to um, uh, just to make sure that we can keep this uh, this this fine bit of work going so I spoke to Grant on the phone earlier uh, and asked him first of all to tell us uh, about how the idea came about obviously um, Jack was ill um, from August 2017 and then in July, early, late June, early July, we got um, the news that he had. Um, uh, he, um, uh, uh, they basically returned. Yeah. Um, and uh, they told us we had three weeks, if if we were lucky, left. Um, so... Um, KG and Jack were at St George's permanently. I went and stayed uh, up with them for three weeks um, during that time. And obviously, the times when Jack was asleep or um, not very responsive, we, we were talking, and we obviously wanted to make something positive out of something so negative. So. Mm. Yeah, that's how it all came about. We just wanted to see if he could yeah. keep his legacy and memory alive, but also to help others yeah. who might unfortunately be in the same position we are. Yeah, and why don't you tell us about what the uh, what what the superhero trust actually does then? Because um, it sounds like it gives it gives families an opportunity to have a, a very special day at the valley. Yeah, um, basically it started off because obviously we're under we're with the Bradley Lowry Foundation. And we saw that they had done the same thing up at Sunderland. Um, and we saw the impact that they made there. And we thought it'd be even better suited at Charlton because they're more, you know, it's a better club. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so we approached um, the club in I think, September after Jack passed and to see if this was something that could make um, it be possible because um, after seeing when Jack was in treatment all the different charities that did um, trips to Disney and all that but they weren't always the kids weren't always able to go on them because obviously they're not very well um, so we originally got I think it was 10 or 11 games last season and the response from the families uh, was amazing we literally did not have enough spaces uh, to provide for them, um, but no. So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it worked very well. Yeah, and um, what sort of effect does it have on the families and the children that can come to the to the valley? Um, it's very positive. Uh, I say last season, just before Christmas, we had a family uh, from Demelza um, who had not been together as a family since uh, their diagnosis. So it was actually able to give them time together as a family in one place mm. and for them just to even for 90 minutes just to not forget about it but just to maybe put it to the side and just enjoy being together yeah and of course uh, the, the 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 trust needs donations to be able to keep supplying uh, this, this service to the to the families to keep the box going um, how, how can fans get involved with with helping that um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, the club have generously donated the actual use of the box, 
but um, the trans had to pay for all the food and drink and everything, and obviously it's a corporate box, so it's a corporate prizes, but um, uh, they can um, donate either via Jack's website, which has a donate up the top, which takes you to the Just Giving page, which is overseen by the Bradley Larry Foundation on behalf of Jack, so everything there goes to Jack's fund, which then enables us to um, pay for things like the box. And uh, this year as well, like we did last year in St George's where Jack passed, we found out they didn't really have many um, Christmas decorations. So we were able to do that and to take up a few builder bears for them. Mm. So we hopefully we want to be able to expand to that and sort of do like the Queen Elizabeth and all that up in Woolwich. So yeah, because obviously that's very close to Cholton and to our family as well. So yeah, yeah. excellent stuff. Well, we'll, yeah, um, we'll share the link on our on our Cholton Live page to make sure that the fans can get involved and donate as well. Brilliant! Thank cool. you very much. Right. So there we go. Uh, was, uh, thanks a lot to to Grant who came on uh, came on the show just then. I spoke to him earlier on uh, this afternoon. I've tweeted out that link as well. If you want to donate as well, um, Christmas time coming up, time for giving. Uh, so if you've got a few spare quid, I mean, you can see, um, like I say, if you if you follow the Jack Jeffries Superhero Trust Twitter page as well, you can see the work that they do here at the Valley. And it's some, it's just something a bit different. And it just, um, you know, it's, as uh, Grant said, it's 90 minutes out of a very stressful situation to just, you know, come and enjoy company, enjoy the football if you can sometimes. But, you know, to, to get out of the house and, and you know, it's, it's really great work. And you have to say hats off to, to, to Grant and to uh, the rest of the Jeffries family for, you know, doing something really positive like that. Oh, thankfully that, you know, there's, there's very few of us that can possibly know what they've been through and families uh, in the same situation they're going through. Uh, so take somebody like, um, you know, somebody who's been through it to, mm. to have the empathy, to know what it feels like to, to get a break out of the situation that you're in. And so it's fantastic what they're doing. Yeah. So well done to, to, to Grant and the family. As I say, thanks a lot again for, uh, for, for coming on this evening's Cholton Live. Um, Sebo's just saying that he hope he's really hoping back onto the takeover that it can get done. Uh, New Year's Eve, he wants to see an announcement. I mean, that That'd would be nice. That would absolutely ruin uh, oh, like New Year's Day. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be <clears throat> absolutely, I'd just be lying in, in, in stew. Really, makes Swansea like, fun, though. Yeah, wouldn't yeah, it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Something to look to. I mean, uh, I mean, Dan, Dan's, Dan's saying he's seen stuff going around on Twitter that you can't anything that goes around on Twitter. Yeah, just ignore it. Just ignore it because <laughs> it's never going to be true unless it comes from Corley or it comes from the club. Unfortunately, that's just going to be the, the, or, the case. Or it might have come from Sky Sports' very own Louis Mendes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I can describe myself <laughs> as that. recruit. Yeah, that's so the great thing. Like, I was really excited to be on Sky because I finally got my own little name banner. You know, they do it. They put like it'd normally be like four four appearances in the Intertoto Cup or something. I got my own one, and they put. Can I just tell you quickly? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It happened to me for um, Satanta. It's never going to happen to me again. No. Uh, I went on Satanta in about four months later. Out yeah. of business. Yeah, well, they must have spent <laughs> a lot. Spent a lot <laughs> on, on my your, banner. On your banner, yeah. <laughs> but so so I was really pleased that and someone someone at home, uh, I think it was Tony, um, took a photo of the screen. And sent it to me. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Within five minutes, my brother had changed the word underneath <laughs> something that. Be- well, there's not been enough of them. For me. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Well, no. Get to work, everyone. Come on, yeah, Mendes family. Yeah, get you- yeah, <laughs> sort so, it out. 
I don't, I don't, I don't think I could say the word, but it's a very popular word at the moment that is <laughs> that is used to uh, discredit a person, which <laughs> which I can't say. Uh, right, uh, Bert Palmer said that uh, people perhaps maybe should lay off uh, uh, Perrington a little bit because he was left four and one on Friday. Said so the stick on him uh, that he's been getting is a bit unfair, and uh, I think we'll probably um, end the show there because we've run out of time. That's what, that's the way the show works. Uh, it's been a uh, a good one. Thank you for tuning in. Difficult after Friday. Um, uh, having dropped those those points, but that's what we do. Uh, it's nice to perhaps just have an extra day to to calm down a little bit, so they put a little bit of distance between us and the defeat. But anyway, right, well, that's point. our. We got a point. Uh, <coughs> oh yeah, point. Yeah, it felt like a defeat. Yeah. There we go. I've forgotten. It's two days ago. Two days, that's yeah. why we can't have it happen. Right, let's end the show. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday, which will be our last big match preview. Uh, of the year before QPR and then we will be back next Sunday the 21st or 22nd uh, for what will be our final show of the year obviously we, we have a Christmas break over Christmas so we'll then be back after the West Brom Cup game so it'll be uh, after those two shows it'll be a, a bit of a week or so uh, off so um, look forward to next Sunday it'll be our Christmas party as well um, Tom and Terry it's been great to have you here thanks for joining me on this evening's Channel Live cheers mate. I've been Louis Mendes thanks for joining us so don't forget back here on Thursday evening uh, when we'll look ahead to QPR don't forget to get onto that Twitter page to donate as well to the Jack Jeffrey Superhero Trust. Uh, thanks for listening, and we shall see you on Thursday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.